In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Monday edition of the Daily 10. It's your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. Here's what's coming up on our Rhodes Group Rundown. It's brought to you by the Rhodes Group. If you're asking who is the Rhodes Group, well, the Rhodes Group is run by Clayton Rhodes and his team who do a great job of finding us the best insurance rates, the best policy, and hopefully saving us the best money. It's so important that you get in touch with an independent insurance agency to get you the best quotes because right now, as insurance rates continue rising faster than ever, you need to get at least 10 insurance quotes to make sure you're getting the best policy. Otherwise, you're going to spend hours doing it yourself and you're probably going to mess something up. Instead, with the help of an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group, you're going to get peace of mind, which comes with comprehensive collision, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, all the things that we kind of know about, but there's a pretty good chance we would mess up. With one uh, call to an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group, they'll make sure your policy is done right. You can go to their website, and they have it tagged with my name. It's Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff use my last name it's r-h-o-a-d-s roads dash group.com slash churnoff or call they'll give you the 10 quotes over the phone 678-341-9667 for the roads group well the falcons accomplished something yesterday they have not done in nearly 400 days we'll talk about the falcons victory in tampa the good and bad the <laughs> ugly and maybe not so ugly parts of that victory yesterday. Plus, while Georgia enjoyed the weekend off, nothing really changed around them. Not in a way that would affect them, at least negatively. We'll talk about the dogs, who now get ready to head to Jacksonville for the cocktail party against the Gators. And this really would be a worst-case scenario for Braves fans. It's not the end of the world, but it's also not what you want to see. We'll cover all that more in a moment. First, Let me uh, remind you, we're brought to you by our partners at Short Barrel Bourbon. I love the Short Barrel Bourbon story. I love the products. I like what they do in our community. Short Barrel was started by three whiskey-drinking friends with a passion for bourbon. The company started in Atlanta three years ago, owned and operated by folks in our community, which we love. Short Barrel Bourbon, the product speaks for itself, but the awards back up just how good the product is. We're talking double gold from the San Francisco World Wine and Spirits Competition. That is the world's largest and most prestigious spirits competition. Plus, Short Barrel Bourbon also won best at the Kentucky Bourbon Single Barrel Competition in the New York Spirits Comp as well. Short Barrel Bourbon is available in all major retail locations around Atlanta, around the state of Georgia, as well as your neighborhood restaurant. Ask for Short Barrel. Trust me, the awards back up how good Short Barrel is. You can go to their website to find out more to make your order at Short Barrel com. It's again at shortbarrelbourbon.com. Again, shortbarrelbourbon.com. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook for all things short barrel. The Falcons were winners yesterday, 16 to 13 in Tampa. 
so they take over sole possession of first place in the NFC South. At the end of the game, I tweeted, it was one of the ugliest wins in Falcons history, and that's saying a lot, but a win is a win. In the emotion of it, you're not happy with some of the things you watch, but you'd much rather watch your team play that type of a game and win, certainly, than having to answer all the questions about losing that type of a game. Now, it should not have come down to a young Wake Koo 51-yard field goal, but three red zone turnovers, including two at the goal line, well, it made it necessary. To the Falcons' credit, they overcame it all. I'll add in nine penalties. I thought some really conservative play calling late on the possession where the Falcons had the ball after the Richie Grant turnover by Arthur Smith. But after Tampa tied the game, the Falcons went down on a a nice throw and catch from Desmond Ritter to Kyle Pitts to set up Young Way Coos' game-winning field goal. A couple of numbers in the game, then we'll take a deeper dive. Cordero Patterson had 10 rushes, 56 yards. That was his first major work of the season. He looked really good. He just runs so hard, so tough to take down in the open field. Tyler Algier at 112 yards from scrimmage. So you ask, well, why did they get so much work? Well, as we found out, Bijan Robinson, before the game and even the night before, was experiencing headaches. He said it himself in the post game. So essentially, he was just kind of used as a decoy. Now, it was weird and hard to explain. The Falcons gave him a carry in the final 30 seconds, which, again, I don't quite understand it, unless maybe he was just feeling better as the game went along. I don't know. But he was experiencing headaches Saturday night. He said he woke up not feeling good Sunday morning. Arthur Smith said we're just not going to risk it. So that became the reason that Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier got all the work. Now, let's talk about the turnovers. Desmond Ritter's fumbles. If you want, you can blame him on the uh, snap, whether it was him or Drew Dahlman. I don't know. Could have been Dahlman. Could have been Ritter. You can blame him on the uh, fumble before the half where he got blown up when Caleb McGarry didn't get a block and the Falcons didn't get at least a field goal. So you can have your choice of Ritter or the offensive line, Ritter or Dahlman. The last fumble's just inexcusable, and he would know that. He made such a beautiful run to give the Falcons what looked like at the time a nine-point lead with the extra point to come. But he kind of cadillac in the last step, took his foot off the gas, was carrying the ball in his right hand, which made it available to be poked out. So... Those are two not just rookie mistakes. That's some just high school stuff that Desmond Ritter has to know better, and I think he would agree. The shame of it is Desmond threw the ball really well, which is supposed to be the hardest part of his job. He was 19 for 25 passing, 76% completions, which he'll take every day of the week, 250 yards, no interceptions. The deep ball was there. He hit one to Scotty Miller, which was fun. They had some big plays in the game, one to Kyle Pitts that set up Young Way Koo's field goal. They had a couple of big throws that, again, you love to see from Desmond Ritter. Here's what I'll say, and a couple of things here. Number one, you guys got to let it go. They're not making a switch at quarterback. Unless he gets hurt, Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback. We can have the conversation in the offseason about whether he'll be back next season or whether there's something better. They are not making a switch to Taylor Heineke. Why? Taylor Heineke is not very good. There's a reason why Washington moved on. Could he be a little better than Ritter? Maybe. But the likelihood is he would make the same mistakes when it comes to turnovers. That's always been Taylor's M.O. They're going to see if they can get better in the short term and long term with Desmond Ritter. That's it. Like We can drive ourselves crazy arguing, should he come out? Should they? Be? They're not taking him out. Desmond's numbers look fine. He's got to clean up those mistakes. He rushed the ball six times for 38 yards. I've been begging them to use his legs more, and they did it yesterday, and it worked effectively. He's got to put the ball away. That's obvious. The painful red zone fumbles will kill you most times. Two at the goal line are hard to overcome, but they did. 
give Ritter credit. That last uh, that last uh, possession by the Falcons, he didn't let it beat him what had happened earlier in the game. Threw a dime to Kyle Pitts. Pitts made the run after the catch, and it set up Koo for the game-winning field goal. All right, let's talk about the Falcons' defense and credit where it's due. This defense continues answering the bell. Big stops after turnovers by the offense. They get off the field every time when they have to. They had six quarterback hits on Baker Mayfield. Three sacks in the game, and I believe Baker coming in was the least sack quarterback in the league. Calais Campbell had a sack. Lorenzo Carter and David Onyemata had the biggest sack of the game. Tampa was on uh, third down inside the Falcon 10-yard line, down by three. If they end up throwing a touchdown, who knows what happens instead. It forces the Tampa field goal, which then just tied the game, giving the Falcons a chance to go down and kick the the game-winning field goal. Nate Landman forced a turnover with a peanut punch, and Landman's been really good, especially since Troy Anderson went out. Richie Grant picked off Baker Mayfield, which gave the Falcons the ball inside Tampa's 15 with under four minutes to go in the game. Start looking at the guys who either had a sack or forced a turnover or made a play. David Onyemata, Calais Campbell. We know how good Jesse Bates has been. Jeff Okuda's played well. Grady Jarrett, Caden Ellis, Bud Dupree. A.J. Terrell did not have a game he would love. He had a couple of penalties. He got beat deep by uh, Mike Evans, but we know how good A.J. can be. Again, Nate Landman, who's been a big surprise, and D. Alford's played very well as the nickel. Ryan Nielsen is putting his defense in the right situations. It's refreshing to watch, and the defense has done a really, really good job. They'll have to do it again on the road. The Falcons are in Nashville Sunday to face the Titans at 1 o'clock. One more note on the Falcons. As I said, they won in Tampa. It's the first time they won a road game in nearly 400 days. It was last September at Seattle. It's the first time they won a divisional road game since December of 2021. They lead the NFC South. They're 2-0 in the division. Those are facts, not feelings. And as ugly as it was at times, you got to take that with you and feel pretty good about it. Coming up next on our menu, we'll talk about Georgia enjoying a weekend off and not much changing around them. But first, speaking of menus, First Watch serves its entire menu seven days a week from 7 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. In this fall at First Watch Hot Honey, it's the new pumpkin spice. In its newest seasonal menu, the leader in breakfast, brunch, and lunch is partnering with Mike's Hot Honey to bring sweet heat to a custom recipe. If you're a pumpkin spice lover, which I am, don't fret. The new menu also leans into the cozy classics like pumpkin pancakes, which we had this weekend, took the family to first watch the Sandy Plains location on Saturday morning. Had a wonderful breakfast with the pumpkin pancakes. You can try the cinnamon spice churros. Enjoy the pomegranate pear punch fresh juice available now through October 29th. So don't miss it. You got about a week, less than a week to enjoy some of the great fare for the fall offerings at first watch. They also just opened their fourth location in the Atlanta suburbs in the last year alone. This time it's in Kennesaw on Barrett Parkway. It's complete with an outdoor patio, an indoor brunch bar, and you can always order online at firstwatch.com. Georgia had the weekend off, so it was a good chance to kind of peek around at the other contenders in college football. And I still sit here after seven or eight weeks of college football, and I don't see a great team. I'm waiting to see a team separate from the pack, and they're just not there. This is what happened, just to kind of sum it up this weekend. Oklahoma had to survive really late against UCF at home to avoid a massive upset. Ohio State beat Penn State, but the game itself was pretty unimpressive. If you're watching as a neutral observer trying to gauge them as championship contenders, I'm not blown away by either team. Florida State had another dogfight on their hands, this time against Duke, and who knows what happens if Duke doesn't lose Riley Leonard in the game. Texas barely survived at Houston. Ole Miss barely survived at Auburn. Washington needed 12 points in the fourth quarter, including a pick six, to survive against Arizona. Add to the fact that North Carolina lost to Virginia, 
add to it Tennessee lost to Bama, USC lost to Utah, and now you're looking at a group of just pretty good teams. No greats. Georgia's still at the top of the heap at 7-0, and and gosh knows, even Georgia fans have complained about the lack of dominance from the dogs. Michigan is 8-0. I don't think they've played a soul to know how good they are yet. They still have games at Penn State, and they'll close out with Ohio State. The Buckeyes, off their win against Penn State, still have the matchup at the end of the season at the Big House against Michigan. Florida State, now 7-0, will play a decent enough Miami team in a game at Florida. Washington will play games at USC, home against Utah, and at Oregon State, far from an easy schedule. Oklahoma, who's 7-0, has to go to Kansas, Oklahoma State, and at BYU. Kind of dangerous games there. There are also a gaggle of one-loss teams, but they're going to need some help. Oregon's got a one-loss situation, but they've already got the defeat against Washington. Penn State now has a loss to Ohio State. Texas has the L against Oklahoma, and Alabama lost, uh, lost to Texas. Through all of this, don't sleep on Utah, man. They just continue to find big wins, which they did against USC. The big takeaway, the whole thing is so wide open, and from a Georgia perspective, everything's still there for Georgia. Everything for the dogs is out in front of them. Their schedule, far from easy. That Missouri game looks a lot more difficult than we thought. This matchup with Florida is not something you can completely gloss over. The matchup at Tennessee changes now with the Vols having two losses, but it's still on the road. And the game against Ole Miss is always dangerous because Lane's offense can provide problems. But Georgia's in a place where if you're judging them against the 21 dogs or the 22 dogs, you're right. They're probably not as good. But they only have to be as good as the rest of this group right now in college football. And I see a bunch of goods, just not greats. All right, we'll talk about a worst-case scenario for Braves fans coming up in a moment. But first, I'll remind you we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's on Main Street. If you haven't been to downtown Woodstock, awesome. Bars, restaurants, nightlife. It's great for walking around, grabbing a drink, and enjoying a fall evening. But right in the heart of it all is the Daily Draft. If you live in Roswell, you know how close you are, or Milton or Alpharetta. You live in Canton or Kennesaw. Make the Daily Draft your destination. A couple of things to look forward to. I will be there this Thursday night to host trivia, which we always give away tickets and other great prizes, Thursday the 26th from 7 to 9. Would love to have you there. We watch football. It's a good night. Have a a big crowd, and you can have a chance to win some great prizes. Thursday night, 7 to 9, with Matt hosting trivia. We do it once a month. Also, you'll enjoy the self-serve taps. They'll give you an on-demand card when you walk in to grab the drinks you want when you want them. Plus, they've just rolled out a brand-new menu with great soups and salads, sandwiches, wings, flatbreads, you name it, it's great. They have the best big screen in the Burbs, hands down. I'll bet anybody on that if you want to see the uh, big screen in the two-story sports bar experience that is the Daily Draft. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Check out their website at thedailydraft.net. So I said this would be a worst-case scenario. If I told Braves fans once they're eliminated, which that's as bad as it gets, that you'd be stuck watching the Astros and Phillies potentially in the World Series, eat gads. There's no win for either side of that as the Brave fan, right? You can't root for the cheating Astros. You don't want to root against the hated Phillies. I won't. I just won't watch. Like I have. No, what am I going to do there? I need a rooting interest, right? Even if it's rooting against somebody. And Arizona against Arizona. Or excuse me, a Houston against Arizona. It's not exactly a, a a wonderfully pleasing like matchup. But at least I could root for the underdog Diamondbacks against the cheating Astros. If it was the Rangers against the Phillies, I think the Rangers are a fun team that would give me a rooting interest. But Astros Phillies. No thanks, I'll think I'll sit this one out. I'd rather have the most harmless of World Series rather than a division rival who I don't want to see get a championship against a team in the the Astros that are on the borderline of a dynasty considering they had such a awful season at times. They were so bad down the stretch, but they got in. 
they start hitting in the postseason. It's the one thing you could say about the Astros and Phillies, man. Their dudes step up in big spots, Altuve and Abreu and Jordan Alvarez. And on the Phillies side, we know what Bryce has done and Castellanos and Stott and Schwarber. Doing it at this time of year is not easy, and both those clubs have done it. Doesn't mean I have to watch it or enjoy it because I will do neither. What I will do is ask you guys to uh, hit the subscribe button if this is your first time or you're an occasional listener to the podcast. You know you want it every day waiting for you at 10 a.m. By hitting subscribe or follow on any podcast platform, you'll guarantee that happens. I will talk to you folks this afternoon on the radio at 2 o'clock in Atlanta on 680 The Fan. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily Ten. Subscribe to The Daily Ten now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, Please contact us at AtlantaRamjack.com.